What's up, everybody? I am Bradley Schneller, owner CEO of Stack Coaching, and I have with us Laura Fuentes, CEO, owner of Momables. Yep. And avid runner. Yes. <laughs> Only in the last three and a half years. But and yes. Mama Three. Mama Three. I work full time. Yeah. Pretty juggle a pretty busy schedule, like everybody here listening. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I wanted to have you on, Laura, um, I've actually wanted to do this for a long time because you, I wouldn't even say more than dabble in the realm of food. Yes. And healthy living for families. Yep. Yeah. Families. Every night. Um, and you are super into fitness, specifically running. Now, mostly, yes, running. I found my niche. Yeah. But uh, I just, I'm super into keeping myself active. That's important. So, you know, like I would say the last decade, I progressed from prioritizing being active right. to honing into different, you know, from cycling to running now. All right. Tell everybody here, because the majority of the people listening are parents. Yeah. Um, tell them what is Momables? Yeah. So Momables is one of my portfolio of companies. Uh, but specifically, I, for the last decade, I've been helping families eat healthier meals together at home. Momables is kind of like launchables, but mom made. And I launched that in 2011 as a way to help other parents with their what do I make for lunch situation. From there, I expanded into I have five cookbooks, I have other websites. Five. I thought it was three. Damn. Now we're written two five. more. Two more. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they've all been very family centric into the what I make for dinner. Uh, from food allergies, and this is why we we go way back in yeah. the realm of food and what one should eat. And um, but ultimately, I've learned even in this journey that every family is very it's almost like a case specific, right? Because right. we all have different schedules, different nutritional needs, different likes and dislikes. And in addition to that, you know, we have to, there's a figuring out what to eat and the how do I execute. So I've gotten really good at helping families execute. What is it ultimately that they want? You know, not perfection in their meals, but, you know, doing their best and, you know, sliding fitness in there. So, yeah. Like, and moving in a healthier direction constantly. Yeah. It's always, it's not about like a perfect meal. It's always like the direction yeah. of where you're going and your week as a whole. Right. Yeah. I always tell people the best diet is the one you can keep. Yep. Uh, but it's also one that works for you. Right. For like, sure. There, there's you know, a ton of different ways to eat out there to either lose weight, become healthier, gain weight, gain muscle, all those things. Right. Um, and one that works for you is one that you like. I mean, and that's really how change happens right. in the one that you can keep. Right. Yeah. So um, whether it's in the right direction of change or in the wrong direction, but ultimately is those habits that we form for ourselves and within our family structure uh, that support whether or not we are moving in the direction that we want to achieve our goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you do fly around the country. Yep. And you give seminars? Or? I have done just everything under the sun from television, television shows. Yeah, been on Good Morning America, right? Yes. Uh, Good Morning Today show, cooking shows. Cooking shows, competed on Food Network. So I have a, that realm of, you know, food competition right. as well. And then, you know, my 11-year-old will tell you that I'm a YouTuber just because I have a YouTube channel and a plaque. But <laughs> My son is always asking me about how many subs I have. 
And then he wants to know how many subs you have. And I'm like, leave it alone, dude. <laughs> Laura's been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's just really, you know, I started doing video to visually show how achievable a meal can be, right? right? Because there's a disconnect between what we see or feel that a recipe can be, especially as food photography has improved tremendously. You know, just search for anything on the internet and yeah. photography is amazing um, to actually making it for our families on the table. So I started doing video just to show people how to do it, right? And shortcuts. And all my videos are under three minutes because I myself don't have more than three minutes to figure out how to make something at six o'clock at night. So that's sort of where I found my niche. None of those 30 minute videos or anything right. like that. So right. I have really just tried about everything there is to do with food, nutrition, of course, because it's taught me a lot about nutrition. Um, so it's not just create recipes. Yeah. So I, I write about nutrition. I have a book on intermittent fasting as well. Um, so that we, we really dabble in the, I would say dabble, but I really dabble. And then I dive deep into a specific topic, whether it's hormones and, you know, I'm in my forties. So a lot of my nutritional needs have changed as well. You know, I have growing teens. So all of those things I write about and then yeah. I share whether it's online or in my emails. I love it. In terms of, uh, and I just, I just kind of, I'm curious. All right. Uh, which, let's see, seminars, television shows, cooking competitions, which one made you the nervous, most nervous? Um, I would say it was actually, well, they've all made me nervous up to a certain point, mm -hmm. but I'm so, I'm like a good pressure cooker. Right. I thrive under pressure. So um, I think one, when I filmed an epi um, an, a show, a pilot show for Discovery, and they came to our town and they came to our house and like we filmed there and that was in Spanish and was born and raised in Spain. So I'm bilingual, but this one specifically was a show in Spanish and I was kind of nervous because if you even if you're bilingual, it just takes a minute to like flip, flip. it. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so that was most nervous. And I also don't live in, in New Orleans. I live a little bit out. So but they kind of had to focus in the city right. as well. Yeah. So we did a lot of B-roll and driving around. So it that was like for me, I was nervous because that decided whether or not I was going to do a probably full the least familiar you were with something. Too, exactly, because right? I had to do a full season yeah. in Spanish, and not that I—it's—I've <laughs> never even seen the show. Is it yeah. out there? Yeah, it's, I, you know, so I, I, yeah, that was the most nervous live television. You know, even though you sort of like tune out that there's millions of people watching, like the Today Show, um, that, and I'm only five feet tall, so. You know, I was next to Carson Daly and he's like 6'3". So it's like looking up, but that's like my norm. And um, so that was, a, I was a little nervous then because that was my first mm -hmm. live TV. So I think every first and anything new, we're all nervous. Right. You know, it's about just like honing in for a second and going, I deserve to be here. I'm here. They, they, they let me be here, right? Like they, so that's sort of like the mentality I take about everything. I'm already here. Right. I got to go with it. Yeah. I'm like, you know, if anyone that knows me knows I'm not shy in front of a microphone, <laughs> but like, even when I have to give a talk in front of a ton of people, um, I am nervous right up until it's boom and then it's gone. Right. Like once the I anticipation. start. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very normal. It's on. 
So the other thing that you are absolutely amazing at is running. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. You're okay. I mean, look, you are a 40-year-old mom who just finished the Berlin Marathon. Yep. And there's a PR for you. Uh, I, that was my first marathon ever. Okay. And I, All right. I, I've had a good PR on my can, half. Can we tell everyone your time? Yeah, it was 4.32. Which breaks down to? 10.16 a mile. 10.16 a mile. Look. I think that's amazing because sometimes- For 26.2 miles. Yeah. Sometimes I run uh, right up here for two to three miles and it's a hot day and I look at my watch and I'm like going 12 minute miles and I'm like, how could anyone- People go like on the reg, seven something, six something. Yep. And I mean, normal people. Not, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, everyday not the, people. Not the amazing athletes no. who are doing four something a mile for 26 miles. Yeah, no. Like uh, really endurance, there's such a thing as you, they're gifted at, you know- Heavy, like short sprinting or endurance. And like, I know where I fall in like the shorter distances, like a 5k, Yeah, you know, and, and with, with training, you get better. But like, I just went to this marathon thinking it, first of all, it's like one of the majors. So it was by a lottery and by chance I got in and I was like, well, it's kind of, it, it's like once in a lifetime. So right. I just went with it and trained and here in New Orleans is super hot. So most of my long runs, meaning like 14, 16, 18, 20 milers, I did on a treadmill. Yeah. And that was terrible. But that was like <laughs> mentally, like, so once I got to Berlin and I'm running outside, like I hit mile 20 and I'm so like, so happy to be there and right. like full of energy. And then while, it's adrenaline. And there's an adrenaline. And there's also like, I don't even know what happens. You know, right. there's a point where you're just can I keep going? And I'm like, and I saw my husband, I think of mile 23 or something. And he, he said that I was still smiling and I have some great <laughs> photos. Um, you know, I would do it again. Right. right? Like I finished and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I would just do it all over again because the training was worth it. The discipline was worth it. There's so much that goes into working full time, juggling my family having to feed them and then having to feed myself. I mean, I know I texted yeah. you sometimes at 10 PM. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't even eaten enough today. Right. You know? And so I'm like eating oats before bed. I'm yeah. Tired. I'm like, get those carbs in girl. Yeah. They're carbs. You know, I'm fueled by oats. They're my right. friends. So how long were you? Cause you've done a lot of races. Um, a lot I, of halves, right? Like five, five. I've only, I like literally you guys, I started running like not even four years ago. God. That blows my mind. I feel like you've been running forever. But, it seems, right. you know, it's like Forrest Gump. It seems like keep going, but it's only been four years because I have severe scoliosis. Yeah. And it's my a pretty whole, sick curve. I've seen the Yeah. My whole life I was told like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, well, how else am I going to be active? Yeah. Well, just walk. And I'm like, but that's very low intensive. And I feel like I already get enough steps. You daily. need a release. You know, I just, I really do thrive in that, you know, adrenaline junkie of like, you know, an eight mile run, 10 mile run. It's like mm -hmm. super happy distance for me. Right. You know, uh, the equivalent if for you, if you do like a real heavy, really hard workout and you just leave the gym and go, man, I did that. Yeah. Right. So for me, I've learned that like an hour on at a spin class, sweat my ass off. And then I'm like, so good. Same with like a eight mile distance. And so, but yeah. So how long was your training specific for the marathon? Um, specifically, I had a three month plan because I already had a really good base. Right. So I had already, I ran the New York half marathon in end of February. So I already, I had already a good you were base. Geared up. It was I was like geared up. And yeah. then, so I just maintained where most of my 
quote long runs for the week was like six to eight miles. So I was doing like 20 miles a week as a maintenance. Yeah. Right. Three, three runs a week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said you were on the treadmill a lot. Like, what were you, were you watching something until, like, what are you doing? What are you, so I mean, I, cause I listened to 20 miles is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and even worse, it's not like you're doing 20 miles at your race pace. You're doing right. 20 miles at like, I'm doing 20 miles at 12 miles an hour. So like slow jogs. Right. And uh, so I listen to books. Um, I watch shows. So I like to do nothing and listen to nothing for the first hour because that's really my mental endurance. And once, I think that's hard to do, and people should practice that. Yes, it's very hard because even on a race, no music, nothing. Even in during the marathon, my first hour, no music, no nothing, so that I can absorb my surroundings and really hone in on focus. When you're training like that, though, how many ideas pop into your head for your business? A lot. So right. that's you know, so because I'm focused on running or just one foot and step on the other, like you really kind of clear out the fog of your daily life, right? Because there's, or I start like problem solving. So it's, for me, it's been a really great time to get ideas. And, you know, I have a ton of like dictating like, hey, Siri, do this and take a note or tons of text messages to uh, my right hand at work on, you know, they're kind of jibbled because there's only so much like, on the treadmill with the sound, but it's a very good time for yourself. So that's actually, I kind of miss that. I actually lift weights in the gym because I oftentimes have to lift by myself mm-hmm. because of my schedule and coaching and nutrition and all of the kind of things. And I will go no music and I'll just lift in silence. Yeah. You and your thoughts. It's a, it's a really important thing for many of us because I feel like everyone, like I don't meditate Right. And um, it was like, oh, meditate. I don't I've or tried do a bunch of times. And I guided meditations. I've got all the apps. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. Right. And I feel like, but it, I think the end result is being similar. very similar. And one should prioritize that experience or that time to yourself because we are so busy and so bombarded with information, other people's needs what we have to do, what we should be doing, even and our own thoughts. Yeah. So that's for me has been was a really great part of training. Yeah. So how did it did you when you run, is it 20 miles of or 24, 26, Six. 26, sorry. Uh 26 miles of music or do you listen to a book? So um like I'm talking about in the marathon. In the marathon, in the I did the first hour in silence. And after that I put on music because the tempo or the cadence of music yeah. is naturally faster. And I did have like really good audiobooks in like my stash. Just in case. Just in case. Uh, <laughs> just in case things went south and it started going to be long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I downloaded music from Spotify. I've made so many mistakes in other races of like not having the music downloaded because there's. Biggest so- mistake ever. Yes, because there's. Tell, tell me what. The like, biggest mistake? Uh, well, during a race, it's like. Um, in this marathon, the biggest mistake is wearing tights as opposed to shorts, because if you have to go to the bathroom to pee oh, or whatever, geez, you got to peel them off. To, yeah, the tights when you're that they don't peel off well. So right. um, ne- lesson learned: shorts next time. Yeah. Um, but really, like it went really well. They, there is such a thing as practice what you want to execute. So all the fueling, all you know, all of that went well. Uh, but I've seen people say I've run a race without music and they only trained with music. So that's why for me, the first hour of silence 
is so important in my yeah. long runs because should I not be able to depend on my music, I'm already trained to go in silence. Right. So you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, that was really good. Uh, other mistakes is like wearing too many clothes and layers, I think. Tell everybody your trick. Like you, what, what did you do before the race? Oh, so in like my robe? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in, usually in races, uh, it's kind of cold. So I add all the clothes that you wear that are called like discard clothing at the start line. And then the first, you know, 100 yards, there's like jackets and sweaters everywhere. So a friend of mine, Allison, who's also my running coach, um, she said, hey, a great trip trick is to use a old robe or ask for it. So I asked mm -hmm. my neighborhood and collected like six robes. So I have <laughs> robes for different races. And is to have a, a robe because it tends to be really cold and you stand around for like an hour or more. Right. And so it's almost like you have a long coat. Right. And then it has robes have pockets so I can put like my banana that I still going right. to eat before the race and stuff. And then at every race, people have looked at me wearing this like grandpa robe and or grandma with like big right. flowers or whatever. And they're like, this is genius. So a robe is like the best discard clothing, you know, and this one I didn't because I didn't want to fly to Europe. I flew with a carry-on for two weeks and the robe takes up a lot of room. So I just bought a sweatshirt. You need a carry-on for two weeks yes. in Europe. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend's rolling over right now. <laughs> you can do it. It's super achievable. There's a lot of reuse and, um, you know, hand washing, but it's all about being efficient because I don't want, that's right. something else. Like the stuff that we have and our responsibilities are one of those things that can hold us back from doing a lot of things mm -hmm. um, just to reel it back for you guys to making time and prioritizing whatever your goal might be. Um, there's stuff in our life hold us back, right? So for me, like I didn't want to travel with a big suitcase because I knew that when I got to Berlin, I wanted to, after I landed, even then hauling our suit, right. you know, a, a carry-on is a lot. So I wanted to be able to put the carry-on in like the train station locker, and then go explore until I was able to check in. So these are the things kind of like, I think oh, about the experience. Pretty genius. Yeah. Yeah. So Europe is pretty, pretty well set up that way. Um, but otherwise, like I know that I could do a week in a backpack if I had to, I love it. you know, so uh, now, you know. Right. Yep. I've only ever carried one to Europe. I've never checked a bag to Europe. That's great. That's but, all you need, I mean, you know. Yeah. And, but, okay. So guys, let's talk about like, so I did reach out to you before I started uh, training. Because one of my, so I knew, which I didn't know is that in most women don't, this is something I also experienced with the women yeah. in my community that, um, you know, we have over half a million moms that right. kind of look at my stuff every month. Um, Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> they honestly, so a big issue with women is that in our goal to lean out or be thinner or get rid of those, like the mom weight, like it's the biggest issue with my audience, for example, it's like they don't eat enough yeah. right so under eating under fueling for our life and this is not about training yeah so that was a is a major disruptor of why people don't lose weight because they're actually not eating enough and that's something that you really it, so it's i it's, didn't know it's well it's really hard people listen to that what you just said laura mm -hmm. and it is correct but also people listen to it and take it to an extreme um, and, and here's, right. here's what I mean by that. In order to lose weight, mm -hmm. no matter if you have hormone issues or some type of, I mean, I'm not going to say leave that. Like I have a, slow, I have a sluggish thyroid. So right? I have thyroid, thyroid issues right. as well. So, so let's yeah. say you have a sluggish thyroid. Yep. Okay. Breaks, In order common. to lose weight, 
you have to be in a caloric deficit from whatever your maintenance level is. Correct. But most people don't even know what it is that their bodies need. So they're seriously under yeah. eating. And I'm going to, I'm going to break this out for people yeah. real quick because uh, it's actually something that I've researched a lot more um, because there is thoughts out there that you can change your maintenance level. Sure. Right. All right. So, and, and the other thing is, is that women in particular, really, this comes down to women mm -hmm. is that there is a vast range on maintenance levels. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm telling you, some women have a mate, I've seen maintenance levels on them that are like 1200 calories a day mm -hmm. and other women, 2400 calories a day, Yeah, which is gigantic range. Like that sure. is a gigantic range. And so the problem is, is for some women, okay. Um, that like to work out, right? Let's say you work out four or five times a week. Yeah. If you're that 1200 calorie woman that works, likes to work out four or five times a week and you're eating a thousand calories, it's impossible to work out hard. Right. Right. Correct. You're either so, not going to get what you want out of your workouts right. and so or build muscle. Something has to give. So mm -hmm. earlier I was talking about like what changing your maintenance level, what makes up maintenance, okay, or your metabolic set point, however you want to say mm -hmm. that, is your, um, your BMR, mm -hmm. your basal metabolic rate. That is how many calories you burn basically at rest while you're sleeping, not moving. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is genetically predetermined. Yep. You cannot change that. Okay. Um, and that's where a lot of the biggest differences come mm -hmm. between maintenance levels on. Yeah. Like we calculated mine. We can give them examples with numbers. It was like when we met at first, it was yeah. like 1420. Right. right which now, is five feet tall. Not really. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Because then if you have like, uh, you know, 500 active calories a day, something which is hard to measure. Okay. It's hard to measure, but let's say you do. Mm -hmm. um, and then some, so you have your BMR, which we just talked about. We have active um, thermal, uh, I can't remember. Like the calories you burn yeah. through activity. Yeah. Burn through activity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then you have your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, right? Yep. Which is your knee. Okay. That's how many calories you burn when you're sitting at a desk and tapping your foot or um, walking to your car or doing chores around the house. Okay. It's unintentional movement. Yep. Right. Um, the That's two thirds, right? So you get your BMR and then you have your, you cannot change that, but you can change your active mm -hmm. exercise activity yep. and you can change your non-exercise activity. Okay. Um, so when we talk about changing maintenance, those are the things we talk about, right? right. Um, so if you chronically under eat, now here's where it gets sticky. Okay. Yep. If you chronically under eat, you cannot, you will not have enough energy to alter two thirds of that thing. Sure. You won't have enough energy to work out in, in any type of decent fashion and you won't have any, uh, enough energy to fidget. Or do chores around the house. You're like, just tired. Right. It's and, like you wake up and you're like, man, I'm tired all the time. Yeah. And I can tell you this. You live tired. I measure my steps, all right, mm -hmm. um, almost daily, okay? Uh, and I try to get 15,000 steps a day. I can tell you, and I basically, you can manipulate your steps by running, by walking. like By waving. Stuff, by waving. <laughs> all those things. You can manipulate your steps, right? Yeah. Um, but I can tell you unequivocally, like if I am super tired and it's a weekend mm -hmm. and I just like lay around on the sofa and watch football, like the difference between my steps is about 10,000 steps. Yeah. Like I can easily lay on the sofa and hit 5,000 steps for the day and as opposed to 15,000 on a normal day. Um, so point is, is if you were chronically under eating, you will not have the energy to move. 
Correct. Right. And so what happens with running is that, or anyone that exercises is that they want to work out harder. They want to improve their times. They want the, so essentially you want better performance, right? And so, um, Better performance is not going to happen unless you fuel your body with the right breakdown of meal, of foods. Like I learned that, like that for me was like, I remember you saying like, ease off the peanut butter. Right. I'm like, but I'm still making 1400 calories. And you're like, yeah, but those, that, those peanut butter calories are not the same as your oat calories. Right. right? And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, (laughs) it's, it's interesting that Laura brings this up because Laura is uh, my cousin's wife. Okay, so Laura and I have known each other for a long time. Yes, you were a freshman. I was a freshman in high school. College? Yeah, no, yeah. High school, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway. Total band geek over here. Yeah, that's me. Um, and so as like I got into fitness and nutrition, Momables was starting mm-hmm. and like we've kind of- I was of, having kids. Right. And we've kind of like followed- um, Similar trends. Similar trends in nutrition, right? Yep. That's what I was getting. We to. have both done paleo. We've tried keto, keto all low carb, things. right? Clean. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. All that stuff, right? And so what's interesting at Bulletproof, as the information has come out and uh, it, it's it's funny, I say as the information comes out and changes, but the reality is this information has been around for right. a long time. It's just influenced in a different way over the years okay Mm -hmm. um and you know we we we're constantly on a journey so we're always looking for the next Mm -hmm. best thing in order to help us get to the end result right right? and we're always discussing it in from a very geeky point of view but we're always talking about how do we make it how do we actually make this happen right as you know, I have three kids and I work. So if you guys are listening or watching, you're also working. So you're listening to Bradley most of the time or looking up things online, like my content or other people's and going, that sounds great. And, but the trends seem to like give me better and quicker yeah, results so, as opposed to, right. you know, the long steady, you know, life and, and nutrition is like a marathon, long and steady. So here's the deal. Very with the calculated. Trends. The trends work. For a short period of time. It's like a 5K. Yeah. Real it, quick. it will work and then you will be right back to where mm-hmm. you were. And so yeah. there every like keto works, paleo works, primal works, clean eating works, all those things work if you have all of the information, right? And then and then what you're using it for. And I think when you were listening to influencers on the internet, TikTok, mm-hmm. Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, sometimes they're not giving you the entire story or you just don't, or they're giving you enough of a story to help you out, but you're not looking into the entire story. Right. And so like, I I say this all the time and I I go back when I was paleo initially it worked. And then, and I talk about this all the time, your hunger levels start to catch up with your activity levels, which Mm -hmm. is why you have to be in this constant balance of both. Um, and what happened is also, and you're like, Oh wait, so eggs are paleo and bacon is paleo. I'm going to eat four eggs and four pieces of bacon. And next thing you know, you had a 600 calorie breakfast. Okay. And that's on top of the butter coffee I just ate. That's a 300 calorie coffee. Sure. Right. And so I had half my total calories for the day at breakfast. The other thing that that does is despite the fat bomb that it is, um, when you, you get an insulin spike from like eating, mm-hmm. right. And now you start to rev up that engine and now you're hungry the rest of the day. So Right. Plus, let's not mention that there's 
very little carbohydrates to actually provide you with the energy to teach a class at 1030 or yes. whatever yeah. it is. Right. So, and so as, when Laura got into running and we reached out, we kind of like reprogrammed your diet. Completely. I, I would say that unknowingly, 55% of my daily calories came from peanut butter. <laughs> that too. Like, uh, well, so my breakdown on calories was like closer to like 55% fat and then 30% carbs and protein. Like I wasn't getting enough protein. I wasn't getting enough carbs and I was getting, you know, because eggs or even turkey bacon or, you know, peanut butter, right. like a lot of those things have fat. So I even had to think, I'm like, okay, that's why I now understand why there's a choice between chicken thighs and chicken breast. Yeah. You know, or and you can have the chicken for thighs, sure, for sure. but it just depends what the rest of your day wants to look like. Right. Because then I had to, you know, as I think I also, we listen to a lot of this influencer and information online and, you know, that low carb this and low carb that. So I really, for a long time, I feared eating carbs, even the right type of carbs. So, um, and what I mean by the tried type of carbs is like, you know, our oats or, you know, I feared eating like sourdough or bread, you right. know, and, uh, but it turns out that carbs are my friends because they really, like, they really can help you feel full along with the rest of your meal, satiate yeah. you, provide a lot of nutrition, you know, from a... Right. I feel like a lot of people throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to carbs. Yeah. Okay. Um, and... Do Americans tend to eat overeat carbohydrates? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but we tend to overeat them in a very processed right. way. Right, so that's what I was getting because to. Because when I, you start tracking, what I notice is that, I mean, in my family, we don't really eat a lot of processed foods. Sure, we have snacks and goldfish, right. which, you know, like what a Cheez-Its or I knew they were yellow. Um, like most families, we have stuff in our pantry because I have like three growing kids and teenagers and their friends come over. And like right. my daughter always Takis. says, like, yeah, there she's like, there's nothing to eat. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, what she's really saying is like everything has to be cooked. Right. right. So that's what my kids complain about often. And I'm like, just eat a yogurt or eat this, you know, or eat a piece of fruit. Yeah. Um, but so even then before I feared eating fruit or a smoothie. Why? Because it's like in my mind, what you you see on social and such, it's like it's a sugar bomb. It's a, well, sure, it has sugar, but I don't need to eat like four servings of fruit in a smoothie, I can just have like a cup of blueberries. And not only is that not a lot of calories, but the micronutrition in that is huge fiber, right. like all the things that yeah, my the body fiber's needs. Great. And look, it, and it's, it's important what she just said. Okay. Laura just said that I don't have to put four servings into a smoothie. I can just eat one cup of like one, one cup, serving, one serving. Right. Um, because I, what I was going to say is like, Americans overeat carbohydrates because they're eating highly palatable carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Highly palatable carbohydrates are when you combine carbohydrates and fat. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's cheese. Cheez Cheez-Its. That's like, a nice example. Right. Like anything that comes in a bag at the grocery store like, yeah. or a box or, or stuff like that. And that's when we combine the fat, we combine the carbohydrates. Look, it tastes delicious. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> right. But that is when our calories shoot through the roof and What's interesting is people tend to demonize the carbohydrate side of it rather right. than saying like, hey, the fat plus the carbohydrates has a reaction in your system that makes you want to eat more. Right. And unless you're really burning through it, like it can become a problem, right? Like, right. so one of the things- and, it, and it's hard to burn through it. It's hard, right? So the older most women. people, like I didn't know, but okay, so at the beginning of the journey, I was under eating, right? It's, I, I was working out like many- 
moms that I know a couple of times a week at the gym. Right. Right. So, you know, and then, but I do have an office job. So even if I get home at six and I'm cleaning and I'm cooking, like the second I get home, I don't stop until I'm like finally horizontal. Okay. So that's where I get a lot of my moving steps, like you were saying, like normal things. But what I, but during the day, like many of us, I'm quite inactive, right? At my desk or in Zoom meetings and whatever. So there's that level of like, early morning activity, then I'm kind of inactive. And then there's the highly active and all my feed, go, go, go at night. So in between, you know, I wasn't eating because I just simply wasn't as hungry. Right. But once I started training and revving up, I found myself that I was like, I had to, in order to not severely under eat because for, you know, to train for this specifically, to or to give my body enough, I had to make time to eat. Yes, it right. Become become a job, and it was a <laughs> job, right? Because I was already make. I already so one of the key success points of being able to, I say, plan is, is or to do this is to plan your food, right? So even if it's just ten minutes on the weekend, and this this is literally what I do for a living, I yeah. help families plan their meals. But on the weekend, make sure you have all the food that you need for the week. So. And maybe a couple of substitutes or plan B's in mind. So you don't have to run out or you don't have to make shitty choices. I say shitty choices. They're just not as good as, but I call them shitty because they make you feel shitty. Yeah. So that they're not, it's not necessarily ordering. Like I also eat out once a week with my family or maybe whether I order out or whatever it is, but to, I don't feel bad about it. Right. So when I say a shitty choice to the moms I would speak with is the choices that make you feel less than. So makes you feel like a bad parent for not having a meal on the table. Makes you feel bad because you wanted to feed your kids something else, right? Yeah. That is not a good choice. I love what you said about planning is having enough food in your house and having some backup options. Yes, because I think or- when people think about preparation or food preparation, mm-hmm. they picture meal prep day and it's a Sunday oh, with no. all these containers right. laid out and you have to fill all the cages, which if you do that, that's fine. That's right. great. Sure. Like yeah. all the power to you. I think that's hard for a lot of us. It's hard for me. I'm not, I don't operate yeah. like that way. I don't, I don't think you operate like that. No, anymore. not anymore. It's really hard. Yeah. Like sometimes really hard. If, if my husband's home and he's watching football, it's three hours. Like I can prep in the kitchen and watch and be around my family because right. we have an kind of like an open thing. So I can do that. Yeah. But like most families, we have plans and stuff to do on the weekend. So prepping the whole week is just not doable for most of us. What I say to prep on the weekend is have the food there. And I don't care if you get it delivered or if you order it or, or you pick it up. Just have food at home. And then I have now gotten to a point where I just have a post-it in the fridge and I go Monday this, Wednesday, Right. Whatever. That's what I was going to say. It's like you actually – it's I almost like you journal to... out the plan. Right. right. So it's almost like if you want to – be financially savvy, meaning if you don't want to spend more money than you make at the end of the month, you're going to pre-allocate your mortgage, expenses, whatever. And then with the rest, you live your life. So I view food the same. I'm going to purchase the food that I need for the week and I'm going to allocate that food to meals. And then I communicate with my family. It's like a lot of things parents say is like, yeah, but I have teenagers, so I'll buy this and then they'll eat it and it's gone. And so I tell them like that is about establishing boundaries in the sense of, hey, guys, this is the plan for the teenagers eating bags of croutons. Well, that was for my salad. Well, I mean, that's a little different. But I do get parents are like, yeah, you know, like all whatever it is, it's gone. 
And I'm like, well, that's, did you communicate that this is the plan for the week? Or like, get, I give my kids options, right? Here's the five snacks this week and whatnot, right? So they know to go there first. And if that's gone, then there's plan B, right? What's for plan B? Uh, usually something in the freezer. Like we have like all sorts of stuff in the freezer and they don't usually like plan B. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as it's, you know it's not as fun it's not as fun or you know but i want something something that i do do is i cook a bunch of rice on the weekend mm-hmm. because rice lasts so you know and i don't have to wait for it so i take out the proteins from the freezer if they're not fresh and i they're in a like a dish in the refrigerator and they're slowly thawing right so i know like and they're everything is like semi-organized i would say because a lot of times it's all pushed in but it's it's essentially it's put it there in the order that we're going to consume it so that so in the front in the front i have like the pork for it's pork loin tonight and then there's a chicken behind it for tomorrow and that's slowly throwing so there is like an order you know um to that it's just like you know you do warm up then you do lower you know so Food is the same. Yeah, so, I think the last thing you want to do is like go into your fridge and find something you bought four weeks ago that's bad. Yeah, that and, would be and unopened. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be not good. But uh, at that point, like I even then I look at the stuff towards the end of the week. If there's something that we haven't consumed, right. I look at the date and I'm like, we all have really good intentions when we go to the grocery store. So I get you because on Wednesday I'm like, oh, I bought this Sunday, and now it's like. So if I'm not going to make it or consume it, it goes in the freezer before I have to throw it out. Yeah. So it's really about doing an assessment. And, and I really got good at that, especially during marathon training, because I had to constantly look at what I was eating because I like, for me, it was really hard to find an extra thousand calories in real food and like in non, like, so I ate a lot of oats and I was like, man, half a cup of oats is only 150 it calories. I can't believe it. It blows my mind because like I, my, I eat a lot of calories. I don't eat as many calories as some people, but I, I eat a lot of calories and people are like, oh, I don't know how I eat another 50 carbs. And I'm like, I think a banana is like 27. I'm like, I've already eaten a banana much. today. I've already <laughs> eaten an apple today, you know, but sure. I could grab a, you know, my kids like a, like a, like a Z bar. Like I could grab right. a granola bar, but I'm like. What's that going to do for me? It's not going to make you less hungry. Right. So literally I have eaten so many like pounds and pounds of oats. And as a matter of fact, in Berlin, you know, I did get an Airbnb uh, just so I would have access to a tiniest kitchen or whatnot. And the four days to carb load. And this is like, this is really a joke with my team as well, because my carb loading for four days before the marathon was I ate three cups of oats a day. Oh, wow. Uncooked. So like I ate a lot of freaking oats, but I know that it works. So we all have foods. It's just like for our family's meals. We all have foods that we know we tolerate. You know, a lot of people deal with allergies and it just makes it more complicated. But it's like at the end of the day, having a plan of what you're going to eat, that whether you're gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever, we all know. And so have that list of ingredients or things ready. And then you pull from those to mix and match and make meals, you know, or in my case, like, to fuel throughout the day. So I ate a lot, like a snack for me was half a cup of oats, you know, mm-hmm. not exciting at all. Uh, what do you do to create variety then if you're eating three cups of oats a day? Like, so do you change up the toppings? Yes. Yeah, so so yeah, blueberries, yeah, right. sometimes like I, I cut back on the peanut butter. That was very sad for me. Um, you know, cause do you miss it? I mean, kind of, I know? haven't, I haven't tracked anything for the last week right. and I've been having a really good time with a spoon. I mean, I can't help it. But um, so every night, like I have a yogurt 
and a tiniest bit of peanut butter on top. And I, the PB2 is powder. It's not the same. It's like, not the same. But it's good for flavoring. Like it makes something taste sure, similar sure. to peanut but, butter. But, you know, so another thing was very important. A lot of like I was under eating protein without knowing. Right. You know, um, and I think it's especially important as a female and if especially under 40, you know, you do, oh, I mean, over 40, you do need more protein than people think they do. Yeah. Um, so I just incorporated, you know, something that you said one time is that I have a lot of clients and they come to me and they're like, I just don't know what to eat. Right. So I had, a, you know, it's like the plan B situation. Right. I had this list of things in my mind that I'm like, okay, if I need this much protein, if I need X amount of carbs, this, this, these are my go-tos that are really quick. Right. Right. I also, for the most part, what I did is I added staple meals, right? So things are, I could prep. So I ate a, at lunch, I ate lentils because they, a cup has like 20 grams of protein, has a lot of fiber and um, carbs. So lentils, I was like, yeah, one cup that I'm good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, and they were inexpensive and I don't have to buy like a $3 scoop of protein. Right. So yeah. in my mind, I was like 20 grams. All right. But it, so I, I made this list where I could just easily not go through decision fatigue. Right. And I think that's something that is super common. If you're trying to make good changes in your life, there's so many options out there, right? Everybody's telling us what to, you know, so many recipes on the internet, so many influencers telling us do this, do that, right. That it generates a decision fatigue of making choices all day long. Which is, I go back to plan for your success for the week, plan your meals, right? And then every night, you know, like I told my husband this morning, hey, take out the pork loin if it's still frozen, but it's not, you know, I will text him from the office what the air fryer directions are, right? Like, he doesn't know the air fryer directions. And now he does, but okay. like for each, for, for different foods, I'll be like, hey, the pork, it'll be, you know, it's 30, you know, 20 minutes, this and that, right? He's not the cook, but he will execute. And so a lot of us, but a lot of people have a partner who waits for them to make meals, right? right. He doesn't wait for me to make meals, right? But he knows what Good. the plan is. But a lot of people do have yeah. that, well, unless I get there, you know, they're eating whatever, or they already feed the kids. And so having a plan for your family is so is really important so that you're all eating foods that support your personal goals, but as well as, you know, if you're, if you're, you're, if they're working with you or they're going to the gym, they're working on bettering themselves. So I say that the, the, the principles that you want to follow for yourself are just as important to practice them with your yeah. family. This, all right. It's interesting you say that because I, um, as a single dad of two, um, it is, difficult to make elaborate meals these days. Like I used to love to cook. Like I used to spend an hour and a half in the kitchen making this big elaborate yeah. meal. Um, and now it's just me and the two little ones. Um, I care less because they care less. And, and a lot of times it's about just saving time. Um, so what I do is I kind of make the protein that all three of us will eat yep, and same. then change out the sides, yep, right? Exactly um, the same. Because my kids have go-to's carrots, celery, strawberries, blueberries, right? And then I have, you know, I'll eat whatever my side is going to be. We do exactly the same thing. Your main protein is the same for everyone. Yeah. And maybe like 
one other thing, but in their, I just told you in the refrigerator, I yeah. always have rice. Right. And so I have one kid who just can, he has texture issues. He doesn't like anything potatoes because they're soft and mushy, whatever. And I respect that. What so, about air fryer potatoes? Uh, they're crispy like rice. Of course, yeah. everybody does. Everybody does. So, yeah. um, but I mean, what am I, so we're not having air fried French fries or whatever, right. <laughs> uh, you know, he doesn't do that. But through a marathon training, I had to, I ate baked potatoes. You and four out of the five, right. love them, right? right? So for him, I'm like, there's rice, right? So it, again, it's about following a plan and doing the next best option of the path of least resistance that still meets everybody's goals, right? Yeah. He's a growing teen. So what am I going to say? Well, then just eat the chicken. No, he needs carbs too, yeah. right? Laura, on your website, you provide people with plans, right? Yeah, we have plans. We have a, um, I have a 30-day program. If you just like, oh my gosh, everything's overwhelming, whatever. It's about eating real food with your family, Yeah, you know? And we all think we eat real food, but until you just eliminate like the Pop-Tarts and the things in the morning, and I help you swap that with five-minute things or the night before, do this, right? So for 30 days, it's about establishing the habit mm -hmm. of whether it's making your food or eating meals with your family, you know, uh, more meals with your family. And packing things the night before, right? Because we all have 10. I have learned over, by, over a decade that the 10 minutes you take at night are going to save you so much time the next day. I'm, I believe that. And because the, the kitchen's already a disaster, right? So I already have to clean regardless. Yeah, I like to, and I like to clean my kitchen before I go to bed. Yeah, same. So the 10 minutes at night help you execute breakfast and lunches. And that's like two times you don't have to clean up. Right. For the most part. So um, 30 day plans, cookbooks, tons of recipes because people find me through wanting to make recipes. And it's not about like healthifying anything. I mean, I have recipes with cream, with this, with that, salads. Right. It's about like making the food at home. Yeah. Yeah. Does that come from your like growing up in Spain? Yeah, a lot. Because even to date, like it's if you not eating home cooked meals is seen as not doing a good job in a way like it's very cultural but there's such a thing as providing for your family through food right so you know but i'm busy and i live in america and there's different ways of doing things so i have found how to how to do that in how my daily put the mesh the two together yeah so that's kind of what i do oh i love it yeah. so how do you balance and I, I, I want everyone to really listen to this part. How do you balance the eating, the training, okay? Mm -hmm. um, being a mom and then running a mega successful company? I say no to a lot of things. So I'm not hanging out with my friends, you know, after work or happy houring or, you know, I say no to a lot because mm -hmm. I say yes to the very important things. So the first, everything gets scheduled on a calendar. So we have shared family calendars that everybody has access to. Um, so I'm boundaries and managing my time is how you kind of, and then I also don't do everything, right? I delegate a lot. I say no, or I just don't do it. Right. Right. So I may not be able, I may not know what show is up and coming and trending on Netflix right now, because I don't have that hour at night. Right. Or, you know, so that's really how any of us can do any of these things. I put my workouts, mm -hmm. they go on a calendar. So my workout goes on the calendar. There's time allocated for that. 
I, you know what I mean? So I already know that's less time that I have in the morning. So that kind of, it all goes on a calendar. So that, then I can make decisions based on my availability and what I can reasonably get done. How do you wind down at night if you're not Netflixing? Um, I, audiobooks, baths. I take 20 minute baths. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly I take a bath because it's good for my muscles. Yeah. And helps relax you. It helps me that. relax. Exactly. And then, I mean, I have a lot of, you know, this, I have trouble sleeping. So that's, that's another thing, you know, cause I also have to account for sleep or marathon training. I have to sleep. So at first I used to really stress out because I wasn't mm -hmm. getting enough sleep. Right. So instead of trying to aim for eight hours, I was like, I'm just going to try to improve by 10 minutes. Yeah. How is it? And I mean this in all sincerity, I don't, I don't want this to come off wrong, but uh, <laughs> like, how is it being the power broker in your family? It's really stressful. You know, there's a lot of pressure as the person that provides for my family and for my employees and their families. So I and feel, you still have to be a mom. And I still have to be a mom, right? I still have to make time for my teenagers, meltdowns, breakdowns. I need this or pickups. And yeah, because you can't replace mom. You can't replace, you can't mom, replace mom. But I have learned that a lot of things can wait at work. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, is it an immediate need or unless the fire department come and needs to come out when it comes to work situation, it can wait. Right. And honestly, I, I really, I, I got, I've really improved the last four months because of marathon training. Cause I now had to find like 15 hours a week. Right. Extra. Extra of the same time that we all have. And not because I'm running for 15 hours, but it takes, I, I counted and it's like some weeks was almost 20. Why? Because you warm up. Okay. And then there's a long run, but then the, takes time to shower mm -hmm. and wind down, right? And then there's time and then making food takes time. So all of that has to be accounted for. And in order to do that, I just said no. Yeah. You know, no no drinking because like then I would feel like shit the next day. Not that a lot of drinks for one tequila, but like Yeah. You know, you just learn to go, you know what? I don't need that right now. Or junk food. A lot of people think that, oh, you're running a marathon. You can eat anything. No. Not if no. you want to stay lean and do it. Well, not even that. It's like if I ate, like if I went out to eat and ate greasy food or oh, whatever yeah, it feel, is. You wouldn't feel good. I feel awful the next day. Yeah. Right? So, and there's for sure a run, a, like there's a run around the corner when you're training for a marathon. So there's no way. Maybe not, it's right. not the next day, but it's the day after. So there, there's a lot of myth, myths and mix, misconceptions of people that are highly active. And now that I'm not training for a marathon, I'm like, I actually don't have all this time. I thought I would have all this right, time, but, yeah. but I don't because now I'm filling it with all the things I've been like in the queue to get done right. for work. And I'm also like not as hungry, which is the normal, right? So right. I'm like, I'm not as hungry, but I'm used to eating 2,500 calories. So I'm like, whoa, I just want to chew something, you know? So you train just like you train physically. In the reverse, if you're dieting, right, you've eaten, if you've it's, overeaten for a long time, you've trained your mouth to chew or eat. And now I'm like, whoa, he's it's back. It's so interesting you said that because <laughs> um, I went on a, like, I was 167 pounds a year ago. And I purposely tried to put on weight. Um, so I went through this gain phase. And part of that gain phase was I kind of, like, removed 
the food scale from my life for mm -hmm. a little bit because I knew I could eat and not, and look, I have these parameters set where I eat certain types of proteins. I limit my fat no matter what. I know if my calories are creeping up, but I kind of took the governor off of my eating mm -hmm. and purposely inched my way up as yeah. I was in this muscle gain phase for a year. And I put on 17 pounds and I've been trying to lose. My girlfriend jokes all the time about my three pounds that I'm constantly trying to lose. <laughs> I'm the only one. I'm the only one who stresses over three to four pounds. Okay. As a man, I guess. <laughs> all right. Um, and so I was actually talking to my nutrition coach this morning and he's like, Hey, you want to do a bulk up for the winter time and then, you know, get in a bodybuilding mode and then take it off in the spring. And I said, no, because it is, I know for me when like, this has been so hard that if I try to eat more, 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 mm -hmm. and then I want to take off 15 pounds in the spring or 10 pounds in the spring, like that is something I don't want to do because I have raised my food level to mm -hmm. so much now to where like I was eating all day. Right. And now if you want to lose weight, you can't eat all day, but you're programmed to eat all day. Yeah. It's extremely hard. difficult. That's extremely hard. Difficult. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. So I was like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> I'll yeah. just, I'll just deal with this. <laughs> but again, different, different needs, different times, yeah. different goals, you know? Uh, and I mean, even with working with you, I learned how to ramp up as I was ramping up my mileage, what to look for, how to right. ramp up my caloric intake. And now I'm like on the way, like, you know, on the way down and recovering. And now I'm not running because I also have a foot fracture, but not from the marathon, from a pair of heels. And um, that's a it's different story. The case. <laughs> yeah. So from, but I will say that in, instead, the, so I, I may not be running, but instead I'm working out like lifting weights three and four times a week. And I'm just don't get the oomph mm -hmm. that I did, nor am I as hungry even though like last night, I also because like, your scoliosis probably keeps you from lifting as heavy, heavy. as you right. would need to get the oomph. A hundred percent. But even right. yesterday's leg workout, I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to sit tomorrow or right. abs. I was like, oh, I won't be able to like, right. you know, sneeze. And, but I'm not as hungry. So I have to adjust for that. Right. You know, but, and for me, I'm like, oh, I, and if I don't know, I'm so, I think if you're listening, this could sum up the, if you're our conversation in a way is that if you are trying to achieve anything, or if you have a goal, it could be a marathon, it could just be lose the three pounds or 10, you know, whatever, the 15. If you don't know what you don't know, for me, it was very helpful, even though I have a lot of nutrition knowledge and a lot of food knowledge was to seek out someone, just like you said, you spoke right. with your, your coach this morning, seek out the help of someone who can guide you there because it's one less decision. Like for me to have that plan, those, that, you know, that roadmap that you gave me, I then could create with the food that I do for, because like, right. everybody thinks like, oh, you, you cook for a living or this and that. It's really easy. But what I did is I took your macro suggestion or what my body needed at each stage of training. And then with my creativity, I filled in the gaps. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't have known, I, I know that I would have under, fueled my training for a marathon because to me like if you told me at the very beginning to eat like 25 2800 calories I'd be like that's crazy right I'm like, i just my husband would be like you just ran 20 miles yes on certain days you have to eat more right and other days you eat less right but i wouldn't have i would for have your had, goals for my goals i would have for had no idea right so for me that was like 
the most beneficial thing because then I could focus on being mom, on working, on having a family, like on doing the things that were already there before. And you're not stressing. You and know, I'm not stressing. You're not stressing. Right? I'm not stressing if I eat a banana or not or whatever because I'm like, oh, this is the plan or tomorrow I do this. Yeah, awesome. Laura, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on mamables.com or at mamables. Google Laura Fuentes. There's also another website there. Do you have a, is it, there's a Mama Bulls Instagram, right? That's it. Mama Bulls Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. All right, y'all. Do you have any questions about meal planning, getting your family together? Go see Laura at Mama Bulls. Uh, if you need nutrition and fitness advice, coaching, come see us at Stack. Everybody, let's get stacked.